Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The power of community oncology at Utah Cancer Specialists. Find your personal oncologist at utahcancer.com. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. You know, if you uh, if you talk to people who know me, pretty laid back guy. You know, don't get excited about too many things other than maybe a sporting event or something my family is doing. Uh, and uh, try and keep the emotions kind of on an even playing field, all right? But today was not one of those days. Because I sat there as I listened to the President of the United States talk to the American people. I wanted to scream. Here we have Joe Biden. Joe Biden, President of the United States elected to be president by 81 million Americans because they think he could run the country a lot better than Donald Trump did. And he comes to the American people at the height of the crisis in Afghanistan, and he spends the first nine, almost ten minutes of his remarks, which were made just about an hour ago. By the way, they were about four hours late. He spent the first nine minutes talking about his domestic agenda, praising Democrats in the House for setting up a new budget of $3.5 trillion, none of which the American people need. He talked about a voting rights bill. He talked about his agenda to build back better, and America is on its way back as far as the economy is concerned. And oh, by the way, let me take a minute or two and talk to you about Afghanistan. Does this man... Have a heart. He couldn't even look into the camera and talk to the American people without a teleprompter. That is why I was ready to scream today. And I wonder how many of you were in the same situation that I found myself in about an hour from now. How are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hello, Utah. Great to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. We'll open up the phones to you a little bit later on and talk about this. We've got a lot to get to. But again, today, two topics are dominating the discussion. First of all, Afghanistan. What's going on in that country? Point number two, Erin Mendenhall, who believed that she knows better than any parent in her city as to what they should do with their children in dealing with COVID-19, is defending herself today. And we'll talk with a state lawmaker who's not only frustrated I would contend he's a little bit angry at what the mayor of Salt Lake City is trying to do and go around state law. That's exactly what she's doing. We'll talk about that as well. And, of course, we want you to be a part of the program. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. Or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. All right. Let's talk about the president's remarks. Joe Biden is to the point that his handlers are so afraid that he is going to say something that will just will prove to the American people 
and I think many of us already believe this, that he is incompetent of being president of this country, that he does not know how to run this country. And they are so afraid of that. Whatever he does, he does through a teleprompter. Again today, with all the questions swirling about on what is going on in Afghanistan, Joe Biden makes a speech, and as I mentioned just a moment ago, about half of it, maybe a little bit more than half, dealt with his domestic agenda. And then he talks about Afghanistan as if, oh, by the way, you know, there are other important things going on in this country, like a budget and, and like voting rights bill. And oh, by the way, that third little thing, that, that thing that's going on, that far off land, Afghanistan, well, let me tell you what's going on right now there. I sat down with the world's G7 leaders today. France and Germany and the UK. And we talked about it. And we're all united in the front that we need to get people out, even though they're doing a better job than we are, talking about G7 countries, you know. And, you know, we're working together. And oh, by the way, you know, the administration, the previous administration, has a little bit of blame going on here. He couldn't, he didn't have the stamina to look into the camera and to speak from his heart today. And I'll tell the American people, we're doing all we can to get people out. Now, the White House acknowledged today that to get U.S. troops and equipment out of Kabul by the deadline, which, by the way, is a week from today, civilian evacuations, civilian evacuations will probably have to wind down. You believe that? A spokesman for the Taliban said today that the group would continue to allow foreign nationals to depart, but will block Afghans from leaving the country. So, you know, all those people who we keep hearing about who helped us, the interpreters, the people who worked at our embassies, maybe who worked for us in Afghanistan during the past 20 years, guess what? According to the Taliban, they ain't going anywhere. They are not going to leave the country. So we see confrontation already being set up. As you can, can you just imagine? Here's here's a man with his family or a woman with her family, trying to get to the airport, trying to leave the country after helping the U.S. for so many years, and there's a confrontation with a member of the Taliban or a group of Taliban fighters saying, "You aren't going anywhere." And just off in the distance, you see a U.S. soldier, and he wants to step in. He wants to help out. It is a powder keg. He wants to help this family gain the freedom that they so desperately want. But he can't do anything about it. Because Joe Biden said, you know what? You know, we normally don't negotiate with terrorists. But in this case, I think we will. I think we'll do exactly what the Taliban is telling us to do. And they're telling us to get out by the end of this month, August 31st, a week from today. And you know what? We're just going to oblige from them. And to be able to get out... We got to start getting out right now. We've got to start decreasing the number of American troops that we have at the airport. And those numbers are already starting to drop. So if we want to get our troops out of there, maybe some of our equipment, which is highly unlikely, we're going to have to start packing up and leaving now. We just can't go a week from today. It's going to take a few days for us to get out of there. And Joe Biden and the Taliban says, you got till the 31st. Joe Biden says, yes, sir, we'll be right out of there. It is amazing. You know, I mentioned this quote the other day, that crisis doesn't build character, it reveals it. And I really think we're starting to see the character of Joe Biden. Let's talk about his competence. 
you know, just a month or two ago, Joe Biden was talking about the uh, likelihood of a Taliban takeover wasn't going to happen. He was asked, is a Taliban takeover over Afghanistan now inevitable? Biden, no, it's not. Why? Biden again, because you, the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as an army in the world, and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Honesty and trustworthiness. How about Joe being honest with the American people? He has been caught in a series of lies and fabrications as the Taliban quickly has taken over that country. That interview that he did with uh, Snuffleupagus on ABC last week, he claimed that the intelligence community did not say back in June or July that, in fact, there was going to be a collapse, and it was going to be a collapse that happened very quickly. Biden denied that. Biden was either lying or he forgot that the State Department had given him a memo basically saying, look, this could fall apart very, very quickly. And now you've got this new poll out, a brutal new poll. Joe Biden and his support has dropped 14 points in just the last week. Uh, The poll shows that a full 55% of the American people now disapprove of Biden's job as president, and he is underwater on every major issue out there except COVID-19. It is amazing. Now, I want to play this one soundbite, and E-Ray, that's up on the, if, if you would grab that for me. You know, how many of us have thought about this from the very beginning, all right? How many of us have said, for at least two years now, to anyone who would listen, and now even worse, far worse, how many of us on both sides of the political aisle have seen it in action during a real crisis? Joe Biden has mental challenges, cognitive challenges right now. Well, over the weekend, one of the hosts on Fox News, her name is Rachel Campos Duffy, pointed it out and put the blame on one person. Here's what she said. I look at this and I think, well, we had a president who was impeached over a phone call. Um, This looks like a much more impeachable offense, if you ask me. I know there's probably, you know, technically it's it's probably not. But when you look at what's hurting America, um, when you look at this lack of leadership and you and you wonder who are the people responsible for putting someone this incompetent and frankly, this, you know, mentally frail in this position. Um, and that's yes, of course, the media and many people are saying and you had some people on your show this week who were suggesting it was Susan Rice and Obama and maybe Valerie Jarrett. I'm sorry, as a political spouse, I can't help but look at Jill Biden. No one knew better his state of mind than Jill, Dr. Jill Biden. And if you ask me, the most patriotic thing Jill Biden could have done was tell her husband to, to love her husband and not let him run in these in, in this mental state that he's in. I think she failed the country as well. Interesting comment from Rachel Campos Duffy. By the way, you wives know what she's talking about, right? You wives can detect when your husbands are having trouble. You have that sense about you. And Jill Biden, and don't call her doctor. She has a doctorate in education. She is not a medical doctor, by the way. But you know out there. So for Rachel Campos, Duffy, to point that out and to say, you know, maybe Joe should have said something to Joe. Joe, are you ready for this? Can you handle this? Because I don't think you can. And maybe you should really think hard about this. And now we're seeing evidence of it. Joe Biden is not competent to be president when this country is facing a crisis. It's as plain and as simple as that. And I, you know, I would love to argue with anybody who says, well, he's better than Donald Trump. Really? 
All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. We've got a great show. Utah Congressman Chris Stewart is scheduled to join us next right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Believe it or not, in a few weeks, we'll see him hosting jazz games, both the pre, halftime, and post game. But right now, Alema Harrington is joining us because we're talking about tri-day trading Alema, how did you get involved with tri-day trading? I think I got involved, Rod, like a lot of people do. You hear the, you know, the commercials and the ad spots and and you talking about it. I had guys that I knew that were doing it and talking about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, uh, does this thing really work? And so uh, I, I got involved by going to the website. I was fortunate enough to get connected with Ryan Van Dorn, one of the mm-hmm. owners at Tri-Day Trading. And I loved what they were talking about. And I loved it enough, and I had enough questions that I was willing to get involved. So that's how I got started, which I think a lot of our listeners are in that same boat. Do you have to be a financial wizard, which I am not, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, not, don't know about you, Alema, to be able to understand this and to make it work for you. Absolutely not. It is so simple because there's the proprietary software, which gives you the indicators in the market, mm-hmm. which... All you have to do is follow those. So it's not like you are doing any type of mathematics. The algorithm is taken care of already. So a person like me or yourself, Ron, not mathematically inclined, not good with numbers, you can do this too. And you have coaches. I mean, you've dealt yeah. with coaches all your life, Alamba, but, yeah. but you even have coaches here. I mean, tri-day trading provides coaching all every day all along the way. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about it, Rod, is that you have that coaching available to you. And they have a multitude of coaches that that can work with different personalities. You find the right one. And uh, Jared is my coach. I love him. Give him a shout out here on the air. And he has been able to walk me through different parts. And if I stumble here or there, he's like, okay, let's go through that back through that again. Mm -hmm. Or if I have a question, it's like, hey, Jared, you know, run that one through for me one more time. And that is a huge benefit. Alem is going to be with us throughout the day today on Center Stage, and we've got some new courses we're going to be telling you about coming up right here on Center Stage with TryDayTrading.com. And if you want information, just...
All right, welcome back to the uh, Radar Catch Show on yet another very, very interesting day as this uh, Afghanistan crisis continues and we're providing you up-to-date and up-to-the-minute coverage on it right here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Joining us on our newsmaker line right now to talk about this is Utah's 2nd District Congressman Chris Stewart, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, who was briefed on uh, what is going on in Afghanistan yesterday. And Chris is joining us on our newsmaker line right now. Chris, how are you? Thanks for joining us again. Oh, my gosh. As good as you can be <laughs> while you're watching a tragedy. <laughs> you know, amazing. You, 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 called it a, you called it a catastrophe, but, I mean, you run out of words. It's a catastrophe. It's a tragedy. It's It's heartbreaking. It's inconceivable to me that the president could take some of the positions he has. I was listening to you previously about, is he capable? And uh, I think a lot of Americans are just, <laughs> they, they should be fearful right now of uh, the leadership coming out of the White House. Well, Chris, I know you're traveling. You didn't get to hear what the president had to say. But, I mean, he spends the first nine, almost ten minutes of his remarks to the American people talking about his domestic agenda first. And then he says, and oh, by the way, let's talk about Afghanistan and the great work that we, along with other members of the G7 committee, are doing. And he does it all from a teleprompter. He can't speak to the American people from his heart and say, here's what we're trying to do right now. I mean, what is going on here, Chris? Well, I I think it's a combination of things. But again, it should concern every American. And you have to wonder about the capabilities of this president. But you also got to wonder about the staff around him. For heaven's sakes, who in the world on this staff thought it was a good idea to put him out as he did last week and to say, and they certainly talked about this. There's no question that they had this planned when they said, you're going to be asked about the mistakes. Just say that there, there were none. The messaging on this is so atrocious. It's nearly inconceivable, as I've said. I've used that word twice now. Uh, I'm sorry, but it is. It's just beyond imagination. And so let's suppose that the president isn't the man that he used to be. And let's suppose that he may not have the same capabilities. But the staff around him do. And they have the ability to shape the message. They have the ability to decide, yeah, let's go have a press conference and talk about the domestic agenda, which, by the way, is nearly as bad as what we're watching overseas with this passage of this this uh, $3.5 trillion, which is really $5.5 trillion uh, monstrosity that we passed through the House today. Uh, I mean, who was it who said, let's go and talk about that when everyone wants to talk about Afghanistan, everyone wants to know what we're doing there. Yeah, I wanted to scream at my radio and television as I heard that today. Chris, Chris, as a member of the House Intelligence Committee, you were briefed yesterday by members of the Intelligence Committee, giving you an update as to what's going on. And from what I understand, there were members of that committee who tested, or members from the community who testified before your committee yesterday, basically saying, we can't make that August 31st deadline, yet here the president is coming. Coming out today saying, by golly, we're going to stick with it. We're going to be out of there by August 31st. Can't believe that. Yeah, but but do you know why he did that? Because he went to the Taliban and said, we need more time. And they said, no. <laughs> and then he came back and, and no, that's, that's literally true. They said, no, we're not going to give you more time. And this president comes back and instead of telling them to pound sand, we're going to do what we need to do to get American citizens out and to get out the Afghan allies who have been courageously working with the Americans. Instead of telling them, we will, re- we will ret- retrieve every single one of them. He comes back and frames it as if, well, no, I've decided that we will get, uh, we will comply with that 31st deadline, which is absurd. There's no possible way that we're going to get even the Americans out, let alone our Afghan friends. We cannot get American citizens out of Afghanistan in a week. It's simply impossible. By the way, there are thousands of them outside of Kabul who we don't even know where they are. 
and we're making no effort, unlike the French, the British, uh, and others, we're making no effort to go help them come into the, into the perimeter, within the perimeter surrounding the airport. Why are these other nations making efforts to get their citizens, and we're not? And he absurdly makes a claim, we're going to be ready to, re- to, uh, to leave in, in seven days. It's, it's just not possible. Well, and there are reports today that we are starting to draw down American troops out there, Chris. How on earth are we going to draw down American troops, but at the same time getting as many Americans out of that country as we can? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It, you just shake your head and think, have I, have I woken up in a world that has just simply gone mad? Uh, because it, it, in the midst of this, he should be saying, well, as I just did, he should be telling the Afghan leadership, we will hold you accountable. We're going to retrieve our citizens and we will do so on the order and in the fashion in which we can. Do not tell us that August 31st is when we have to complete that task. And yeah, this president seems to be willing to give them that power. But you know what? He's put himself in such a position where they do hold all the cards. They do have uh, the power to mandate that because they have essentially not hundreds or, 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 or thousands, but more than that, of potential hostages that they could hold if they chose to. And the president knows that. He's put himself in just an incredibly untenable situation. I've always heard we never negotiate with terrorists, but apparently that's what we do under the Biden administration. Chris, Chris, did you hear anything yesterday during that committee hearing that sounded different from what the White House and the administration is telling the American people? Was there a vast amount of difference between what you heard and what the White House and the president is saying? Well, and, and I want to acknowledge that I couldn't be at that committee he- hearing. I had another obligation, but I had I was in a skiff most of the day, honestly, and, and heard and talked with uh, all of the individuals who, and, and the agencies that were coming to brief. So I know exactly what they said. And I'll tell you that in the hearing themselves, uh, that uh, there were members who were very frustrated. And in fact, the hearing got cut short because of the frustration, and they simply quit asking or answering the questions that we wanted to know. And, and here's one of them. Why in the world are we not out retrieving uh, citizens beyond the, the, beyond the perimeter? Explain to us why we're not doing that. And there was no answer for that. Now, there were some other sensitive areas that, you know, I, I, I can't mm-hmm, talk mm-hmm, about, but mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Rod, that there are things that you could suppose that it's not, it's not going to be shocking to people, the, the kind of information they told us. Most of it is being, or much of it's being reported, but you try to bore down into the details and you get very, very frustrated because the answers are just, frankly, either as, as we've heard in other examples today, they're just either make no sense or they, they just don't tell you the answer and, and give you the information that you need, because, frankly, it's embarrassing to them. Chris, let me set up something. I know this will probably never happen. It would be nice if it would. But what if, in fact, Joe Biden and the White House called you and said, Congressman Stewart, we'd like to have you come to the White House and meet with the president for five minutes and talk about Af- Afghanistan. What would you tell him, Chris? I would tell him, you use American resources. We are still, unquestionably, the greatest military on earth. And everyone knows that still. Use the power of that military, exert that power in in Afghanistan, and protect American citizens, and protect those who bravely and at great risk worked with the U.S. forces over there. We owe them the protections we promised them. And if that means we put 10,000 soldiers into Afghanistan while we recover these citizens, then do it. Every time an aircraft flies over there, you could be taking soldiers who could be tasked to protect these American citizens. And they're not doing that. Now, I'm not saying we put people in Afghanistan, another 10,000 soldiers in Afghanistan for the next 
15 years. I'm saying do whatever it takes to recover U.S. citizens and bring them home. I wouldn't hold your breath for that phone call, by the way, Chris, because I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> probably, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right, Chris, always yeah. appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, on our Newsmaker line, Utah. Forming your best. That's 801-263-7777. Or visit revivemenshealth.com. Put me on a highway, the interstate, a dirt road to any place. Long as I'm long gone, chasing down some blue skies in my old truck. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. You know, I just hope that uh, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall does not see this story coming out of Oregon this afternoon. The governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, just announced a short time ago that she is now imposing a statewide outdoor mask mandate. An outdoor mask mandate regardless of your vaccination status. That's right. In the state of Oregon, the governor there has just announced that she is imposing a statewide outdoor mask mandate regardless of your vaccination status. We all hope and pray that Aaron Mendenhall is not aware of that story. By the way, today, she wrote a letter to the uh, Salt Lake Tribune explaining the reasoning behind her decision to call for a mask mandate in schools in Salt Lake City. She wrote this. She said elected officials have no higher responsibility than keeping their constituents safe. And as the COVID-19 pandemic tears its way through Utah's unvaccinated communities, it is my duty to do everything I can to protect as many Salt Lake City residents as possible. She goes on to say, I did not take this action lightly, nor do I did I do it to pick a fight with the state legislature. But I have a responsibility to use every tool at my disposal that is necessary to keep our kids and the adults they encounter safe from this virus. The legal underpinning of the executive order is thorough and well-founded. Well, let's see what our next guest thinks about that. Joining us on our Newsmaker line is Mike Schultz. He's the majority whip of the Utah House of Representatives. R- posted on Facebook a, 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 a rather detailed account of why the mayor is out of bounds and imposing on that. And Mike is on our news anchor line right now. Mike, I read your posting. To me, I heard frustration. I felt also you're a little bit angry at this. Am I right at that, Mike? Uh, Rod, thank you for the opportunity to to speak out on this issue. Uh, Absolutely, I'm I'm frustrated. I think any time that a mayor steps out of her authority and and twists the law to to benefit her is is frustrating. And, And certainly... Something that I believe that we as a legislature shouldn't just stand by and watch uh, ha- happen. I think that this is uh, it happens uh, occasionally, and we need to make sure that we're addressing it as that as that happens. Under the current law, Mike, and current laws here in the state of Utah, what powers, emergency powers, do mayors have? And do this situation with COVID and the Delta variant could that fall under any of the powers that she has? Well, so, you know, it's interesting. So this, this time last year, she certainly had the power to do that. And the legislature recognized that, you know, a state of emergency was set up for floods, fires, earthquakes, those types of things, not necessarily a long, drawn-out health pandemic. And so we put some steps in place uh, in regards to a pandemic and uh, a health 
health uh, a health uh, crisis or a mm-hmm. health uh, mm-hmm. issue, and, and and we put those parameters in in place, and uh, that's what she needs to follow is the parameters that was put in place by uh, it was SB one ninety five, I believe, and then there was a subsequent bill that followed it up during the special session. But that laid out the process for a uh, state of emergency, uh, mask mandates, and any other type of constraint uh, that would be imposed on its citizens. And that was to, for the local uh, uh, the local health departments to be working with the local, local elected officials in their respective counties. Why did lawmakers feel it was important, Mike, at the time, to put some of these parameters in place? What, what, what was driving those decisions? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of us felt really... Uh, didn't like what we saw in regards to executive orders coming out uh, left and right from executives all around the state and and wanted the legislative bodies to do a little more thorough input on it and 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 not just the executives but also the county health departments um, you know a lot of these orders that came last year came from the county health departments and so we wanted to be able to 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 have an elected official that the citizens could hold accountable make the ultimate call on these types of decisions. And that's what the whole intent of this was. And, and that's where the mayor's getting outside of these bounds because we put that process in place. And, you know, I'm, I represent schools or areas that have five or six different cities, five or six different mayors that all attend the same school. Can you imagine what chaos that would cause <laughs> if each mayor tries to, to, to impose the, uh, the different mandates like this was never intended this way uh, for this to happen there's a process set forth uh, for the local health departments to work with the local county officials and that's what is frustrating to me that that process Mm -hmm. uh, was not followed well the the law that you passed from what i understand mike and you would have a better understanding of this for sure is that the law that was passed earlier does limit local health departments and the governor's emergency authority over mask orders and apparently the mayor said, well, I'm not on that list, so I can do whatever I darn well please. No, it, it limits all orders of constraints. And, and the mask mandate falls under the orders of constraints. So she, she, the mayor know, mayor's attorneys know that they've stepped outside of what the legislature believes the intent was and, and, and what we believe the law is. Our attorneys have spoken with her attorneys. She's well aware of where we believe the law is. And, uh, yeah. Clearly, you know, for orders of constraint is where she's, uh, and a mass mandate certainly is an order of constraint. Mm-hmm. What can you do about it right now? Is there is there much lawmakers can do right now about it, Mike? Uh, Rod, you know, there's a couple things that can be done. Obviously, lawsuits can be filed and work its way through the courts. Uh, legislature could convene itself uh, into a special session. Or there's, you know, we, we handle it on one of our next special sessions uh, or the general session. But it will be ad- uh, uh, addressed and dealt with. Uh, I'm just not sure quite of the timing of that yet. Mm-hmm. And do you feel under SB uh, 195, Mike, that a clear process was established? There, there, There's no gray in the process that you set up. In my opinion, there's, there's no gray, uh, and certainly in the intent. I think any time you can try to twist the the law um, to, to to meet your what your outcome is, that's at what best what I think she's 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 done here. But she's she's been made well aware that was not the intent. We don't believe the law reads the way that she's interpreting it to, to read, and our legislative attorneys have 
let her attorneys know that as well. You know, what I don't understand, Mike, is she is the city attorney. What power does she have over a school district and telling a school district that they have to mask up? I don't understand where she sees she has authority to do that when it comes to schools. Well, it, it's certainly not enforceable, Ron, and that's the thing that, that's hard. Is it, it puts everybody in a bad situation when this happens. When you step outside of the things that you have the power over, uh, it certainly puts everybody in, in, in a bad situation. You can imagine the principals and teachers, uh, you know, do they enforce it, do they not enforce it? And by the way, I want to point out that not even the school district would support her on this. She asked to get support from the school district, and they didn't even vote to support her on this. Where do you go from here with this? Do you think, Mike? What do you What do you see? Well, What's the end game here? You know what? We're gonna We're gonna talk with our caucuses um, and uh, as a legislature as a whole, and, and make a determination on what we feel is the best way forward. I hope that it, it, the issue gets addressed soon, um, sooner than later. Whether the mayor recognizes uh, that there's significant uh, pushback and decides to back away from it on our own, or if we have to do it uh, legislatively or through the court process. He is the me, uh, majority whip in the Utah House. State Representative Mike Schultz joining us on our Newsmaker line, talking about the mask mandate in schools in Salt Lake City imposed by Mayor Aaron, Aaron Mendenhall. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. Try day trading, taking center stage today on the Rod Arquette Show, and to talk about it is Alema Harrington. Alema, we mentioned you've got some new courses at yes. Try Day Trading. A lot of interest in Bitcoin and crypto. Mm-hmm. What exactly are they doing? Well, crypto is one of those things I think for many of us that we we hear about yeah, it yeah. and we think, okay, I I know that that's out there, but I don't know anything about it. So the beautiful thing that Try Day Trading is doing now is you get involved and with the program, and they have new courses now that are specifically. Um, scaled for the cryptocurrency marketplace because that's another um, commodity that that is tradable, uh, part of the currency that's tradable. So you learn more about that and how to get involved in that. And people are hearing, okay, crypto is crashing right now. It's actually making a comeback. Those are all things that are positive for people that are day trading because you're looking at that volatility and an opportunity to make a short-term you know, interest Within the day, get in and get out in the same day. That's what day trading is, right? And crypto is great for that. You have been working with Try Day Trading for a number of years now, mm-hmm. Alema. Um, not only the crypto courses, but their basic courses yeah. are really great, aren't they? It's a beautiful thing because if you're looking to make some extra money, and it doesn't have to be replacing your current job. You might be looking to supplement your current income. You can do that on your own time. And one of the great things, and you and I have talked about this before, is the fact that they let you do this trading with their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're trading <laughs> using their money and keeping the majority of the profits. It seems like, man, that's a great deal. And it is. And that's part of the reason why I got involved, because the risk level was so low and the benefits were so high. So I just encourage people, if you have questions, go to TridayTrading.com and and get some of those questions answer, answered. Then join us for a webinar. It's a great opportunity. If you like working from home on your own time mm-hmm. and making money using somebody else's money, not a bad idea, is it? <laughs> Check it out today. Triday33ED. No fun. For a free consultation and trial treatment, a $650 value. Put the happy back in your relationship. All right, before we get your news update and then open up the phones to you in the uh, coming hour in the Rod Arquette Show, we would like to, well, if you're caller number five or six right now at 888 5708 
Color number five or six, guess what you get to win? A pair of tickets to see the Beatles tribute band, the Fab Four, at the Egyptian Theater up in Ogden on September 10th. Again, we need callers number five and six, 888 Callers number five and six to see the Fab Four, the Beatles tribute band, Coming up on September 10th at the Egyptian Theater in Ogden. Should be a fun night. Callers number 5 and 6, 888-570-8010. Well, the president again today. At first he says, our deadline is August 31st. Now he says we may have to negotiate a few things. Only for $950. See all their Google five-star reviews at flatratehomes.com. We are live, we're local, and we are everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. The Ron Arcancho, hour number two on this Tuesday afternoon. One week from today, Americans will need to be out of Afghanistan. Wait a minute. Now, Joe Biden agreed to do that today. He agreed with the Taliban, but then this afternoon he says, under certain conditions, if certain conditions aren't met, we aren't going anywhere. Do you believe him? I mean, this is... This shows a total lack of leadership on the part of Joe Biden. Basically, what he did today, he turned, you know, he said, okay, sure, there are Americans trapped in Afghanistan. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But look how much I'm going to raise and add to the national debt with my domestic agenda. Joe Biden, two hours ago, spoke to the American people. Many people were waiting for him to say something and to give us an update about what's going on in Afghanistan and what his administration, the Pentagon, the State Department, the U.S. military, are doing to bring Americans out of that country. Instead, he takes about 10 minutes to talk about his domestic agenda. And then third on the list, ah, this little crisis is taking place in Afghanistan. Just one guy and give you an update. I met today, he said, with the... uh, all the G7 nations, and that includes like France and Germany, uh, the UK, Japan, I think is in there. I don't have an account of all of them. But we met today, and we agreed to work together and to solve this situation in Afghanistan, even though America has been the leader in this since day one. But we're going to work together, and we're going to ensure that those nasty Taliban guys do what they should, that they respect international law, that they treat women fairly, and that they allow people to leave the country if they want to leave the country. I have my guarantees, he said, from the Taliban, that that actually is going to take place. How many of you were laughing when you heard him say that today? I mean, you know, I there's so many things about this that I think really get under the skin of, of a lot of you and a lot of the American people today. The, the total mishandling of this. I mean, this has gone from a chaos to a catastrophe. And Politico, the left-wing news source out of, um, out of Washington, is reporting tonight 
that the chaos is intensifying in Kabul as people are trying to get to the airport. People are trying to get on a plane. People are trying to get out of there. Now, the president did say today that um, he is going to have the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, who should be fired, among many, uh, it will update the American people as to how many Americans have been evacuated out of Afghanistan. The latest number is around 7,000. And they're going to give us an estimate as to how many people are still left there and what we're going to do to get them out by August 31st, which, by the way, is a week from today, is it not? Now, the one thing, there's so many things that angers the American people about this, and the numbers are showing it. Joe Biden is way underwater. His approval rating right now is down to 41%. It was, it was upwards of 60% just a couple of months ago. But if you look at the crisis, the border crisis, if you look at the uncontrolled spending, if you look at the cost of inflation, the cost of a gallon of gasoline, still around $4 a gallon here in Utah, higher in other parts of the country. And then on top of that, you bring in the total mishandling of this pullout from Afghanistan. You can understand why the American people have lost faith in Joe Biden. Why they have said, you know, he, he is totally mishandling this. How on earth? And these, you know, okay. I would think they're fairly bright people who work in the White House, right? Maybe, maybe not, okay? But how do you put the military first on any plan to withdraw? Military first, Americans second, and then Afghans who help the Americans third. And oh, by the way, we're going to leave all this equipment around. Let me give you an idea as to the staggering cost of what the U.S. military is leaving behind in Afghanistan. Basically what they have done, the Taliban has been transformed almost overnight from a really insurgent rabble armed with cast-off Soviet equipment, right, into one of the most well-equipped forces in the region in the space of just a few days, if you think about it. Following the complete collapse, the U.S. Army equipped Afghan Army, the U.S. equipped Afghan Army, I'm sorry, um, the Taliban was able to scoop up a trove of advanced military hardware, thousands of rifles, machine guns, grenade launchers, artillery pieces, night vision goggles. The Afghan National Defense and Security Force, which was the Afghan military before everything that happened, also left behind thousands of military vehicles from U.S. taxpayers, everything from Humvees to heavily armed, mine-resistant, ambush-protected trucks. That's not all. The Christmas wish even gets even better. There was tactical aircraft, aircraft now believed to be in the hands of the Taliban. Hundreds of helicopters, including top-of-the-line Blackhawks, dozens of heavy equipment, transport reconnaissance, and surveillance aircraft, and A-29 Serpro Ticano light attack firefighters. The Biden administration, now they can, I mean, here's what's crazy about this. They concede that they do not know how much U.S. supplied military hardware was lost. They have absolutely no idea. Last week, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said he was confident that a, quote, fair amount is now in the hands of the Taliban. I don't have an exact inventory of what equipment the Afghans had at their disposal. 
that might be at risk, he said. We don't want to we don't want to see any weapons or systems fall into the hands of people who would use them in such a way to harm our interest or those of our partners and allies. That is exactly what has happened. Exactly what has happened. Our troops, if they in fact come under attack against the Taliban, may be fighting a force that is equipped with military hardware that we gave them. You believe that? The American people, I, I, I do not understand why we aren't seeing more of the American people rise up and demand action on the part of Joe Biden. We're just sitting back. Where are the American people in taking to the streets and demanding that Joe Biden either get out of office because he doesn't know what he's doing? By the way, did you see Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris is on a, a, a trip to Vietnam of all places. You know what she talked about today? She didn't mention Afghanistan at once. She said, get your Christmas shopping done early and that she's worried about climate change. Never once mentioned Afghanistan. But you got to get your Christmas shopping done and oh, by the way, I'm worried about climate change. Those are the two people who are leading this country right now. And folks, (laughs) I don't know about you, but we in a heap of trouble. And this guy is going to be around until 2025, early 2025. I know the election's 2024, but whoever wins that race won't take office until January of 2025. So we've got this man for another four years, if he lasts that long. Now, the, the, the president said today, he sent the director of the CIA to meet secretly, apparently not much of a secret, with the leader of the Taliban. And basically... From what we understand, the conversation was, we want to extend the deadline of August 31st. And the leader of the Taliban said, no, I'm going to do it. You said you'd be out by August 31st. You dang well better get out by August 31st. Well, if we can't do that, apparently, the director of the CIA said to the Taliban leader, at least let us have some roads open so that we can get our people through those roads to the airport and get them out of the country. Sure. But, by the way, Americans can get through. We may hassle them a little bit. We may beat them up a little bit. They'll get through. But no Afghans are going to be allowed to leave. That's the deal. And Joe Biden in the CIA walked away and said, oh, okay, we can live with that. I mean, this is the type of negotiations that are taking place right now. So I I, I want to ask you, I want to open up the phones to you tonight. We can talk about this, about anything that you see out there that just disgusts you. Because there's a lot out there that does me. But Joe Biden says we're going to abide by the August 31st deadline. We had Chris Stewart on the show. He's a member of the House Intelligence Committee in the last hour. And others, not only Republicans, but Democrats, are now saying there is no way and you know what that we can get the American people out of Afghanistan by August 31st. We can't do it. But Joe Biden says, well, I commanded to him. I, you know, I can't go back on my word. Do you think they don't go back on their word? So I want to ask you tonight, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250. Should we demand that the August 31st deadline, which is a week from today, be extended, and I don't know how long, and as Chris Stewart suggested, maybe we send in 10,000 American troops, not to be there forever, just to get in there, get Americans out, and then get them out of there. 
But we are not leaving that country until we know every American who wants to get out of there is out of there. So you know what? This August 31st deadline, we just put a match to it. We're going to leave when we are ready to leave, and you aren't going to tell us otherwise. Shouldn't that be the message the American president and the American people are sending to the Taliban? Or do you think, you know, 31st is there, we can do it, let's just get out of there. Can we do it, or should we ask for an extension? Taliban has already said no. I think we go back and say, you know what? If you don't agree to this, we're going to take care of you guys. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, your calls, your comments, coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. Alama Harrington and Try Day Trading. Join us today on the Rod Arquette Show in center stage. Lemma, we were talking last time about cryptocurrency. Yeah. Try Day Trading offers so many great courses to just help you get started, but now they've added these crypto courses. Yeah, and part of it is, is you know, we live in a dig- digital world, mm-hmm. and cryptocurrency has been out there for a while now, but it has become really mainstream. And because of that, people have questions like, well, I'm hearing about the cryptocurrency. Are you guys involved in that? Can that be traded? The answer is yes. And there are courses that Try Day Trading offers that allows you to get more information about what cryptocurrency is and how it can be traded you can day trade uh cryptocurrency uh we talk a lot about the forex or foreign exchange market which is currencies on the market and cryptocurrency is in that category there are a lot of uh, day trading companies out there but you've been with try day trading for a long time now they've been around they're a utah-based company what makes them different? Yeah, What's I'm, the difference between them and the competitors? I'm going to say, Rod, a couple of things. Number one is the proprietary software mm-hmm. um, because that was created uh, from a guy who, interestingly enough, was not a financial wizard. He went to a class and failed miserably <laughs> in, in day trading. He said, well, you know, I think I can figure out an algorithm to simplify this. He was able to do that, and it stands to this day. And so I love the uh, that that part of it, the um, proprietary software. But then the coaching is really what separates uh, Tri-Day Trading. I love my coach. His name is Jared. I shout him out on the air because I love him so much. But there are coaches that will walk you through every step of the program and allow you to get comfortable in what you're doing, doing Tri-Day Trading. Because day trading is not something that comes natural to a lot of people, so you got to kind of ease yourself into it, and the coaches are there to help. And they have free webinars to get you started, and as Lem and I were just talking about, they now have courses on cryptocurrency, so check it out today. A marvelous company to work for. Check them out. Go to trydaytrading.com. That's trydaytrading.com. Let's get a news update. Only on iHeart. Number one for music, radio, and podcasts, all in one app. The Rod Arquette Show on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. We are an iHeart Radio station. Great to have you with us. All right, phone lines are open to you, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, as we continue with our chaos or our crisis, we could say, in Afghanistan, we may want to now call it a catastrophe. Now, the president, and I'll get to your calls here in just a second. I want you to hear this, though. The president, during his uh, remarks today, basically said that, you know, we're going to be out of there by August 31st. 
even though everybody in the Intelligence Committee and members of Congress on both sides of the aisle say, we don't know how you're going to do that. Now, Jen Psaki, who is the uh, White House press secretary, in her daily briefing before the president spoke today, was asked when the American troops are going to leave Afghanistan. Here's her response. If you do have to adjust the timeline, how long are you talking about? Uh, I'm not going to get ahead of any contingency plans that are drawn up by the State Department and the Defense Department. As you all know, uh, the president has been meeting uh, and being and attended and participated in briefings with his national security team once a day, sometimes twice a day, is in constant and regular contact, and I expect we'll get some updates in short order. And when do you need to start pulling troops out of the Kabul airport to, make, to meet the August 31? It, it's a, a great question, Steve. I just don't want to get into operational details that are under the purview of the Department of Defense. Now, the reason that she may not want to share that information about when we're pulling the troops out is because it's already underway, believe it or not. According to a report from Brett Baer, who's on Fox News as well, the U.S. has already started to remove troops, not Americans, well, they're Americans, but not civilian Americans from Afghanistan. They're only accepting Americans for evacuation at this point, no longer any Afghans. After that, they're being told that they're on their own, which will leave thousands of people behind. Meanwhile, Apparently, the State Department sent out a uh, text message to everybody in Afghanistan, Americans who they have contact information, and they basically said, look, here's the way to get to the airport. This one, you need to be here for us to get out of here. Half hour later, they pulled it. Why did they do that? All right, let's get to your comments on this. 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, let's begin in Heber City this afternoon with Jason. Jason, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good, how are you? Good, thank you. Go ahead, Jason. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. I think we need to get every one of our pieces of military equipment out there or destroyed, and we need to get all of our citizens and allies out of there he said i thought joe biden said that uh said that he was going to get all of our the afghan people that helped us the last 20 years out of there yeah but do you know jason that joe biden doesn't always tell the truth does he no <laughs> no he's Something else. Yeah, he sure is. All right, Jason, thank you. In South Jordan, we're talking with Larry tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Larry, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, well, we did this once before. That's how ISIS was created. We left all our equipment. I guess it was in Iraq. You know, and that's kind of what the CIA wanted to have happen. We created ISIS. And the defense contractors are, you know, they're doing uh, cartwheels right now because because all that equipment is left over there, and they can be, they can charge the government for for a whole new round of, you know, a whole bunch, a whole new bunch of it, you know, and then and plus they'll have somebody they can fight a war with because the Pentagon they're in business of war, that's how they uh, survive. So I think it's all pre-planned. So you think it's all part of a plan, a conspiracy to leave the equipment there to allow the military-industrial complex to build more equipment that the American people will buy, do you think it's all part of a plan? Well, that's how they make their money, the defense contractors. And then when the congressmen get run their terms out or whatever, they become lobbyists for them. All right. All right, Larry. Thank you. Let's go to Ogden and hear what Joan has to say tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Joan, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you, Rod. 
watch your show, listen to it constantly. Thank you. My husband's a Marine Corps veteran, and um, he has brought up a really good point that I think is worth talking about. And this message is to Chris Stewart. Um, why don't you open up the other airports that they have closed, send the Marine Corps in there, and get those people out. I, I, that's a great idea. I mean, open up Bagram. Why did we give up Bagram to begin with? You've got an why, airport there. Why are they sending... Yes. Why in the hell are they sending everybody to Kabul when they've got those other airports? They could send the Marine Corps in there and the Air Force take over those uh, those existing airports that are vacant right now and get those people to a different airport and get those people out of there. Probably because, yeah, Joanne, I think probably is because we've get, we've given it to the Taliban. If we go back in there and try and take it away, it's going to create a firefight. And I don't think the administration is ready then, to do that as of yet. Then, that's what, then the Marine Corps needs to do that. They need to step up and be proud, you know, mm-hmm. proud Marines and take care of our people. You're right. We should. We, we've got to take care of our people, folks. And I think the military is ready to do that. It's just you've got politicians, the State Department, the White House who are running things. And I'm not sure if the military, the leadership of the military, wants to do that. I think the troops on the ground, boots on the ground, they want to take care of the American people. I don't know if they're being allowed. Something new each time you listen. Listen and subscribe for free to Newt's World on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. One man, one goal. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. His remarks were delayed for some odd reason for about three or four hours, but Joe Biden finally came to the microphones this afternoon in the White House and explained to the American people that among other things, he's very happy about the Democrats in the House who approved the big $3.5 trillion plan today, or at least the framework to begin discussion on it. Very happy about the fact that they're now looking at a new voting rights bill in which the federal government will take over state elections. Very happy about that. And oh, by the way, we sat down with the G7 today and we talked about Afghanistan. And you know that August 31st deadline? Well, I'm going to abide by it, but not all members of the G7 are, and they're demanding we extend it. So should it be extended. You bet it should be, until we get every American out of there, in my opinion. What say you? 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Rod, let's go to the phones, let's go to Layton with Derek tonight. Derek, how are you? Welcome to the show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, how you doing there, Rod? I love your show, man. Uh, I'm always listening to you. I just want to say just two things. Uh, um, first, we need to take an F-117, take our stealth bombers over there and bomb those bases and get rid of all that, all that stuff before they sell it or learn how to use it. 
or any anything like that. And then uh, the, the, the next thing I want to say is that Biden and Kamala both for supporting each other, along with these generals and secretary of defense, should be court-martialed. They should be stripped of their powers. They should be they should be taken out of there for for the 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 dereliction of their duties towards the American people and uh, neglecting the American people and their oath of offices to to leave these people behind and not um, and not fulfill the promise they've made to to our allies. And, and, and what they've shown across the entire world, the generals, all of them need to be taken out of office, F-117, bomb the heck out of these guys, <laughs> get our people back, because we're American, we are winners. <laughs> all right, Derek, thank you. Go get them, right? I, you know, in, in a way, a lot of Americans are, are, are feeling what Derek is feeling, I think. You know, let's go get these guys. Let's get our uh, let's get our people out of there. Let's get our equipment out of there if we can. If not, let's make sure we ensure that it's not being used by them and won't be used anytime soon. Don't know if we can do that, but it's worth thinking about, isn't it? Dave is in Provo tonight. Dave, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hey guys, how you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks, Dave. You know what I'm not hearing a lot of. I honestly think there is a way we can salvage the situation, right? All of the Taliban leaders are in one building out in the open, and most of their fighters are standing around in the road out in the open, whereas for years we've been hunting down, trying, finding them. My question is, why don't we just take out that building while simultaneously torching the Taliban fighters in the street in a two-pronged attack? Do you think the American people would go for something like that, Dave? You know, that's, <laughs> I don't know. I think at this point, I can't speak for all American people, but uh, I served in the U.S. Navy, and I know a lot of vets who have been deployed in Afghanistan. People want to do something. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who uh, I'm familiar with, uh, I think it was mentioned on Glenn Beck, where the commander of the 82nd Airborne dressed down the SAS yeah. and yeah. France, yep. yes, France, for rescuing people because... You know, he was scared that that would, you know, jeopardize the American negotiation. France is doing more than we are. Yeah. Like, I don't know if my idea is too extreme, but it's something. Yeah, it, it is something, Dave, and thank you. And I think there are people who feel like that. You know what, I, as, as Dave was talking, I was thinking about, remember those of you who were around back then. Remember during the Jimmy Carter years when the Iranians came and took, what was it, 56 American hostages. And Carter tried unsuccessfully, one time militarily, to get him out. A complete failure. We lost a number of troops in that failed attempt. But it's almost like America, you know, we had, you know, Iran holding this country hostage. And it didn't change until Ronald Reagan came to office. The day, as a matter of fact, he was inaugurated is when those, when those hostages were released. Because Ronald Reagan scared the daylights out of the Iranians at that time. Do you think Joe Biden scares the Taliban at all right now? I don't think so. All right, back to the phones we go. Let's go to Doug and Draper and hear what Doug has to say. Hi, Doug. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rod. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. I think we're I think we're going to see the complete end and demise of the Democratic Party. What we have here is a perfect storm going on. They're pounding that five trillion dollar deal. 
really hard that's going to probably bankrupt this country. The election eight months ago was somewhat dubious. And now Pakistan, the place over there, if they don't get our people out and they hold American hostages for ransom, which that idiot in the White House is going to have to pay, I think in 22, the people of this country will throw them all out of out of Washington. I hope they do, Doug. Now, we can't get rid of the president. That's not until 2024. But as far as Nancy Pelosi and her gang, I guess she's leaving anyway. Um, you know, we have a real opportunity. And the American people do to say, you know what? All that, all that spending? No, we don't want that. All that free, you know, all that... Um, government interference in our lives, the federal government controlling our lives, we don't want that. And you have a chance to end that by getting them out of office. All right, more of your calls and comments coming up on the Rod Arquette Show, 888-570-8010, on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Rod. Alama Harrington and Try Day Trading joining us today on Center Stage as we talk about day trading. There are so many benefits to day trading. Let's bring up a few of them. Yeah. What do you like about it? Obama? Well, one of the great things, Rod, is you know, you talk about it, is the ability to set your own schedule, mm-hmm. to work on your own time, and you can work from home. If you've got a Wi-Fi connection, a laptop, or a computer, you're good to go. And so for, for a lot of us, I think the, the opportunity to be able to wake up early in the morning, trade for an hour or two, and then be done for the day, or go to your other job it allows you to either work towards replacing your income while you supplement your income or just keep it as a supplementary source of income, maybe to pay your car payment or you know get to the point where you're paying your mortgage. And th- think of all the freedom that uh, that will allow you if you get rid of those little payments that are kind of you know necessities in your life and allows you to really you know take that money. Maybe I'll invest that money mm-hmm. or I'll spend mm-hmm. that money. Let's go on a vacation, you know, or a college fund. Some of the things that you really want to do. That was one of the things that really interested me about it. Then finding out, Rod, that with Triday Trading, they get you up to speed and get you ready to jump into the market, but then you're in the market trading using their yeah, money. That, that's what blows me away. Right? Here, use our money and go yeah, trade. Yeah, use our money. <laughs> go trade as well. Okay, well, I'm making you money. No, you get to keep you know, up to 80% of the profit. I said, you got to be kidding me. This is a great deal. And so those are some of the things that intrigued me in the beginning and got me interested to the point where, okay, now I'm going to go and really inquire. And you can do that. And anybody listening right now, you can do it by just going to trydaytrading.com. Utah-based company. Yes. Been around for more than 10 years in now. Lehigh. So, in Lehigh. Great right, company. If you, if you want to stop by, and, and I stop by pretty frequently, and I other people do too. And if you have a question, we have live seminars, or you can you can jump on a webinar. But there, there's some comfort, I think, for those listening, knowing that, okay, this company is right here in Utah. Working on your own time from home, making a little extra money for the family budget. What's wrong with that? No problem, right? Check it out today. They offer free webinars to help. States Concealed Carry Association. Safe, sane, responsible Americans. USCCA.com. Welcome back to the Rod Arquette here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know a group of Utahns 
have filed suit against the state of Utah and I believe Salt Lake County, the county council, over the uh, mask mandates. They want mandates. State law says, uh-uh, you can't do it, only under certain circumstances. Well, now they're suing the state over this, and we'll talk with the attorney who is representing them coming up at 6.05 right here on the Rudder Catch. All right, let's get back to your phone calls as we're talking, of course, about what's going on in Afghanistan. Should we force the Taliban to extend that deadline? Joe Biden today said, no, we'll abide by it. We can get out of there in time. Many of the intelligence, many people within the intelligence committee are saying, no, we can't. What on earth is he he thinking? Back to the phones we go. Let's go to Ammon, who's been waiting patiently in Salt Lake City tonight. Ammon, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hello, Ammon. Ammon going once. Ammon going twice. Ammon's not there. Let's go to Kathy in Tremont tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Kathy, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, Rod, I would like to, uh, on the topic of um, what Biden is doing to get the people out of Afghanistan, I would like to reply to a comment that was made yesterday mm-hmm. um, by, by a caller. And um, she mentioned um, uh, Tim Ballard, the mm-hmm. founder of Operation Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And I would like to uh, correct the negative impression she might have given of him, because I have been familiar with him and his organization. I'm, I'm not part of his organization at all. This is simply my personal experience and personal opinion, but um, they are extremely reliable and trustworthy, and I think the work that he is doing with Glenn Beck is uh, basically our our hope for getting the people out of Afghanistan that need to come out. I, I don't really trust Biden or, or think that he's going to do very much to be successful there, but I, I think that Glenn Beck and he's um, cooperating with uh, some other organizations to um, arrange to get those people out. And I think he's our, our best hope for getting them out. You know what, Kathy, thank you for bringing that up because you're right. I mean, has he raised like, is it 20 or $28 million in a matter of days from people all around the country? And they already have had have been able to get one or two flights out of Afghanistan with with, with people on board. And you're right. Uh, and I know there was a question about Tim Ballard yesterday. As a matter of fact, I sent Glenn a uh, an email and asking him if he knew anything about Tim being under investigation. And Glenn said, not that I'm aware of. Now, there was a story two or three years ago here locally that Tim was being investigated for something, but nothing really ever came about it. And you're right. Uh, Glenn's efforts are absolutely amazing. And Tim Ballard, who's been on the show, a good friend of the show um you know talk about an upstanding guy and him and glenn and others were part of that nazarene team raising the amount of money that they've done close to 20 28 million i don't have the number in front of me it's pretty amazing these are contributions from listeners like you are trying to help get americans out of afghanistan pretty amazing all right coming up some parents are suing the state with results Come take a tour. Learn more about a Challenger School education for your child. Details at challengerschool.com. We're live, we're local, and of course everywhere with you. If you download the Heart Radio app, and we invite you to do so. Welcome back. Hour number three of the Rod Arquette Show. It's Tuesday, 24th day of August already in 2021, heading toward fall. Is it a... Is it, about a month from today, when does fall start? Isn't it sometime in September? I mean, we're running out of summer pretty quickly. And uh, hopefully we'll get some moisture this fall and uh, certainly this winter. All right, uh, still a lot to come this hour. A little bit later on, we'll talk about Donald Trump. Should the former president...
kind of back down on his criticism of things right now, kind of let Joe Biden just fry himself all by himself without the uh, former president saying anything. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about vote counting in America. New report out shows that 15 million, 15 million 2020 votes were not accounted for in the last election. We'll explain how that happened coming up as well. But right now we want to talk about COVID-19, the mask mandates that are taking place. A group of Utah parents are now suing the state for banning school districts from en- from enacting mask mandates. They're represented by my next guest, Greg Scortis. Uh, we've had Greg on the show before. Always great to chat with him. Greg, how are you? Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Oh, thanks. It's, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Greg, explain the, the, the thinking behind this lawsuit and what parents are saying. Well, what parents are saying is that um, there has to be a, a vehicle, an ability for schools, if there's an emergency, if there's something uh, that is really pressing for schools and administrators and health officials to impose safety restrictions on schools that could include, like you just said, a mask mandate. But our legislature has really passed laws that make that almost impossible to do, Rod. And and we saw that in Salt Lake County just a week or so ago when the county health director issued an order uh, mandating masks for kids under the age of 12. And those are kids that are high risk because they can't get vaccinated and they're they're particularly vulnerable. And the Solid County Council just immediately overrode that without hearing any testimony or medical evidence at all. We just felt, given the circumstances, that that uh, really made our state constitution, which provides for a public education for all all kids, uh, kind of null and void if you can't go to school because the Solid County Council is not going to make it safe for you. Greg, let me ask you. And I'm I'm just a dumb radio talk show host. So if you know this, if, if this question sounds kind of stupid, yeah, well, I'm a dumb radio talk show host. But if I have so much faith as a parent, if I have so much faith in a mask that it will protect my child, and they go to school with kids without mask on, aren't their children being protected? I mean, why why does everybody have to wear the mask? Well, what we've seen, Rod, and by the way, you're the, probably the smartest talk show host in Utah. What, what we've seen is that masks protect the person you're talking to much more than they protect the person who's wearing the mask. So if, if you and I are talking and I'm the only one wearing a mask, I'm doing you a lot more service than you are doing me, uh, that I'm doing myself, I should say. So, so it really, the only way for masks to work is if both parties to a conversation are wearing one, or the best way for them to work. And I understand parents have concerns, and they don't want their kids to wear masks. And I, and I think most of their concerns are, are not, not founded on solid you know, medical evidence. But, but, um, and we're only talking about um, you know, 30-day uh, restrictions. We're only talking about kids that are under the age of 12 that are ineligible for vaccines. We're not talking about a statewide mask mandate again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, though, Greg. Doesn't it come down to parental rights? And doesn't a parent have a right to decide what their child can and cannot do? Well, I I guess we all have rights to decide things like that. But but if you take that to the next level, I mean, parents can decide that they don't want their kids to wear seatbelts. But the state has come in and said, no, you don't get to make that decision. Parents can decide that they don't want their kids to be in car seats until they're old enough to wear a seatbelt. But the state can come in 
it, on on a on certain basis mm-hmm. and say mm-hmm. that's not safe. That's not protecting your child. Um, you know, there are certain things where we we do instruct parents and 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 we mandate parents to take certain precautions to take care of their kids. You know, years and years and years ago, we had this smallpox virus that hit the state, and parents said, and this was a hundred years ago, we had this exact issue, and parents said, well, we're not going to do that, and the Utah court said. If you're going to go to school, you're going to get vaccine. You're going to, you're going to get the smallpox vaccine. And guess what? We don't have smallpox. It's not a problem. But we haven't done very well with COVID because people are just not taking it seriously. And uh, as soon as they do, we'll open up the schools. I mean, it might be it might be 30 days wearing a mask, and then the schools will be in a much better position. But right now, they can't even do that. I mean, the health director of Salt Lake County couldn't even provide and order a 30-day mask mandate for grade schoolers. Mm-hmm. But but shouldn't it be an elected official, Greg, who makes that decision, who is responsible to uh, to his his or her constituents, instead of a health director who is appointed and has no responsibility, so to speak, to, because she's not elected? Shouldn't it be up to elected officials to make that decision? Acting on the advice well, of the health it, department. Well, I, ideally, yes. But we've, what we saw in Salt Lake County, Rod, was that the health department did make that, and the county council immediately overrode it. They didn't, they didn't even consider the medical testimony. They didn't hear one person testify except a bunch of angry parents. I mean, so what, what, what deference did they give the medical director there? They didn't do anything. They called an emergency meeting the day after she issued the order and immediately overrode it without, without, without hearing one minute of medical testimony. So, yeah, I mean, we can say our, our elected officials should make these decisions, but what? They're not making these decisions. They're not, they're not, they're not treating them seriously at all. It's, it's got to the point, Rod, in our state where masks are, are some sort of symbol, and it never should have got to that. And I, I support a parent's right to make decisions. I was a parent, I am a parent, of three adult children, and, and we made decisions all the time. But if the school told our kids you have to do a certain thing or dress a certain way or or act in accordance with certain things, we, we supported that because we wanted safe schools. We wanted our kids mm-hmm. to be safe when they went to school. We wanted their classmates to be safe. Mm-hmm. But do you understand the frustration that a lot of parents feel that they don't like being told what to do with their children? Of course. I mean, I, I understand that, too. I don't like being told how fast I can drive my car, Rod. <laughs> but when I go home on the freeway, I'd like to go 80. But you know what? You can't because it doesn't, it's not safe for everybody else. I don't like wearing my seatbelt because it wrinkles my tie. But you know what? I wear it because that's what we do. That's mm-hmm. what we decided to do. I know a lot, I have a lot of clients that think they ought to be able to go have a couple beers at night when they, before they go home from work and then get in their car. And who the, who the heck is the state of Utah to, to say we can't do that? I mean, we do things all the time, Rod, for public safety reasons. Okay. And we do them because our medical people tell us that that's the way to do things. That's the way to, to treat things safely. All right, uh, final question for you. Where does this stand, Greg? I mean, I think the lawsuit was filed, what, yesterday or a day or two ago? Yes. Where does it stand? What happens now? So you're right. It was filed yesterday. Um, the, the state hasn't even been served yet, although I've talked to agents from both the AG's office and the district, Salt Lake County District Attorney's office, and we're working together to set up a, a briefing schedule and a, and a sort of a schedule for the judge. Um, we're probably... Unfortunately for these kids who would like to be in school and now can't, we're probably a, a couple of weeks out from, from a hearing. Um, it's unfortunate because we really wanted to get something done sooner rather than later. But 
you know, the, the wheels of justice aren't exactly flying <laughs> these days. <laughs> they don't. Greg, as always, great chatting with you. Appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Thanks for all you do, Rod. All right. On our Newsmaker line, that's Greg Stortis. He is an attorney here in Salt Lake City, and he's representing the parents who are suing the state for banning dis- uh, school districts from enacting mask mandates. Now, Aaron Mendenhall, the mayor of Salt Lake City, says, I don't care what the state says. I'm going to do it anyways. In Salt Lake County, we had Angela Dunn and Jenny Wilson, who's the mayor, recommend that the county impose mask mandates, but the county council overrode them. Now, the question that I asked Greg, and he this is how he answered it, I said, basically, you know, what right? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Does the government have in telling a parent what to do with their child? And he says, well, look at these cases. The government can tell you to wear a seatbelt. The government can tell you not to drink and drive. The government can tell you things. We're already telling you some things you cannot do. And we do that for safety reasons. And this, we're telling parents now to have their children wear a mask purely for safety reasons. Is it a fair comparison? I want to get your thoughts on that. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. Or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, your calls, your comments, coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show. Believe it or not, in a few weeks, we'll see him hosting jazz games, both the pre, halftime, and post-game. But right now, Alema Harrington is joining us because we're talking about tri-day trading. Alema, how did you get involved with tri-day trading? I think I got involved, Rod, like a lot of people do. You hear the you know, the commercials and the ad spots and, and you talking about it. I had guys that I knew that were doing it and talking about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, uh, does this thing really work? And so... Uh, I got involved by going to the website. I was fortunate enough to get connected with Ryan Van Dorn, one of the Mm -hmm. owners at Triday Trading, and I loved what they were talking about. And I loved it enough, and I had enough questions that I was willing to get involved. So that's how I got started, which I think a lot of our listeners are in that same boat. Do you have to be a financial wizard, which I am not, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, not, don't know about you, Alema, to be able to understand this and to make it work for you. Absolutely not. It is so simple because there's the proprietary software, which gives you the indicators in the market, mm-hmm. which all you have to do is follow those. So it's not like you are doing any type of mathematics. The algorithm is taking care of already. So a person like me or yourself, Ron, not mathematically inclined, not good with numbers, you can do this too. And you have coaches. I mean, you've dealt yeah. with coaches all your life, Alamba, but yeah. you even have coaches here. I mean, tri-day trading provides coaching all every day all along the way. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about it, Rod, is that you have that coaching available to you. And they have a multitude of coaches that, that can work with different personalities. You find the right one. And uh, Jared is my coach. I love him. Give him a shout-out here on the air. And he has been able to walk me through different parts. And if I stumble here or there, he's like, okay, let's go through that back through that again. Mm-hmm. Or if I have a question, it's like, hey, Jared, let, you know, run that one through for me one more time. And that is a huge benefit. 
Alem is going to be with us throughout the day today on Center Stage, and we've got some new courses we're going to be telling you about coming up right here on Center Stage with TryDayTrading.com. And if you want information, just new each time you listen. Listen and subscribe for free to Newt's World on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, before we get to your calls, we talk about this uh, lawsuit being filed by a group of parents over the state's ban on mask mandates. Just coming in from Washington, this is a win for the American people, I believe. The Supreme Court today declined to block to block a lower court ruling that now will require the, Bush, the Biden administration to reinstate the Trump-era remain-in-Mexico policy for asylum seekers in the U.S., the court's three liberal justices dissented, saying they would have granted the administration's request to halt a lower court ruling. The administration had sought to end the policy. That policy forces migrants to await their U.S. immigration court dates in Mexico. A win for the American people. All right. Now, a group of parents have filed suit, and basically they're suing the state for banning school districts from enacting mask mandates. Now, we just had their attorney on Greg Scordis, and Greg said, look it, and I asked him about what right does the federal government have in telling a parent what they should do with their child when it comes to going to school? And he says, look, we tell children and we tell parents that their children must be in seatbelts. We tell people they can't drink and drive. We tell people they can't go over the speed limit. So this is an effort to protect people, and yes, the federal government or the local government does have a right under those circumstances to tell a parent to require their child to wear a mask. Is it a fair comparison? To the phones we go, let's talk with Tom in Salt Lake City. Tom, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say, especially district, it's kind of talking out both sides of their mouth. Last year... They wouldn't allow the kids to attend because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And this year, they wanted to attend, but wear, but wear masks. And part of their lawsuit says that that they're that the kids are being denied the ability to attend the school uh, in person. Well, they were okay with last year not letting them attend in person, and this year, no, they have to attend in person. So, and the other part of it is is the masks themselves. If they really look at the data uh, on what masks. This isn't there. I mean, the the order that was given by Salt Lake County was that the kids wore them inside, but outside they didn't have to. So somehow, I guess coronavirus doesn't exist if you're outside, (laughs) but if you're inside. (laughs) And there was a there was a recent study where the masks themselves, the masks that we wear, they're not N95 masks. Yeah, yeah. They're masks that really only provide about ten percent coverage. N95 masks have to be fitted to the person. They do a test to make sure it fits correctly. It's it's like Dumbo, uh, the elephant, and his feather. It makes him feel good, but it doesn't really do anything to help him fly. Yeah, you're right, Tom. Good point. I forgot to bring that out. Study after study has shown that the cloth mask that we all wear, except for those of us who have a K9, KN95 or an N95 mask, and if they're properly fitted, fitted, are not that effective against coronavirus. Back to the phones we go. Let's talk with Jacob in Tremont tonight. Hi, Jacob. How are you? Oh, doing good. How are you, Rod? I'm great. Thank you, Jacob. What's on your mind? 
Uh, well, I just wanted to give out a couple of facts here from, uh, well, from, I guess some corrections. I, I think the, uh, uh, attorney Greg there, yeah. um, was a little misguided. Um, so I looked up the Utah stats here and the only, the only stats I could find was from 2018 and, uh, Utah crashes. There were 62,074 crashes on Utah roadways in Utah in the year 2018 and uh, 260 deaths from those crashes. Um, and then in 2017, 28 teens uh, died. So I'm guessing that's 18 and younger. 28 people died in 2017 from uh, crashes in Utah roads. So what I don't understand is, you know, wearing seatbelts, okay, I, I get that. But, you know, how, how what, what percentage are you uh, willing to die or, or, I guess, higher percentage rate are you risking your life if you get in a car crash versus a percentage of a child dying from covid that catches it i I understand more and more children are actually catching it but i believe from the recent studies that have been done they're still at a very low risk of actually dying from it or even becoming seriously ill and and then yeah and then you talk about the the, the transmission as well I believe they're still saying that children are very low risk of actually transmitting it to others. And in fact, the way they're catching it is still they're catching it from the adults themselves. Yeah. So I just I I just think that his uh, his comments and comparing it to to seatbelts or speed limits is just very misguided. And if he's going to try to use those uh, arguments in a court, I hope the judge himself is going to look at those and be like, look, man, you're misguided. I mean, I guess they're good comparisons, but comparing them to drunk driving, comparing them to walking on roadways, comparing them to, you know, seatbelts. Yeah. I mean, don't compare seatbelts to COVID. I mean, and masks. I mean, all right, Jacob, I think I got your drift. Thank you. Appreciate your comment. Well, we'll see where this goes. Of course, you know, I, how far they'll take this lawsuit is going to be interesting to see, but obviously there are some parents who are very concerned about this, and they will go through the legal system, and the state will have to defend it. The county will have to defend it. One of Cordell & Cordell's Salt Lake City area attorneys. 910 West Legacy Center Way, Suite 120, Midvale, Utah, 84047. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back. Final half hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this uh, Tuesday in just about 20 minutes. After a news update at the top of the hour, Jesse Kelly will step in. He'll ride herd on this great radio station right up until 10 o'clock tonight. The Clyde Lewis with Ground Zero. Clyde will be with us from 10 to 1. And then, of course, George Norrie takes over the Coast to Coast AM. And George Norrie will be with you throughout the uh, late night, early morning hours right here on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. You know, if, you, uh, if you're if you sitting down and talking to somebody, and I've had people do this to me, and I bet they've done it to you as well. And you bring up last year's election. And, you know, the fact that you don't believe the results, that you think uh, maybe not widespread fraud took place, but there were some anomalies in this. The mail-in voting certainly didn't work the way it should have. Well, it did for Joe Biden. 
but uh, many states went into it haphazardly. And uh, we're finding out now that a lot of those mail-in ballots were never counted. That's the result of a new report. And joining me on our Newsmaker line to talk about that is Fred Lucas. Fred is the Chief National Affairs Correspondent at The Daily Signal. Thanks, Fred, for joining us tonight. The headline in your story reads, 15 million votes in the 2020 election were not accounted for. That's according to a new study. Fred, what is that report saying? Well, this report is actually from the uh, Public Interest Legal Foundation. It is a uh, uh, election integrity watchdog group run by uh, Jay Christian Adams. He's a former uh, Justice Department lawyer in the Elections Division. Uh, and and this, this finds that there were almost 15 million, or precisely 14.7 million, mailed-in ballots that met an unknown fate. I mean, they, people are not sure what happened to them. Uh, that's nationally. But uh, it, it is pretty significant uh, in the context um, because you have a Washington Post analysis in February that found that fewer than 53, or I'm sorry, 43,000 votes across uh, three states, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia, could have flipped the, the result of the presidential election. And what we're talking about. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 15 million votes. That's pretty significant. Wait, and you, you quote uh, uh, Mr. Adams, who's president of the group, saying, you know, it really raises questions about mail-in voting, and that it really needs to be a one-year experiment, and that's probably all it should be. Is that right, Fred? Yeah, right, right. And uh, th- This is something that came... Uh, became just widespread to where you had the vast majority, uh, I, I would say, uh, last year had voted through mail-in. Previously, you've, you've, all, you've always had absentee voting. People would vote for certain reasons if they're going to be out of town on election day, if, they're, if it's going to be, or if people are sick or unable to make it to the polls. Uh, but yeah, during 2020, we were dealing with a pandemic, uh, and it just became a sort of a de facto everyone was voting that way. Um, and importantly, uh, something to the, I would say easily a super majority of all voter fraud convictions have always been uh, through absentee uh, balloting. That's usually the easiest way of striking that. So, so that is the most uh, vulnerable aspect for uh, voter fraud, if there's going to be that. Uh, now, this study does not prove that the election was fraudulent or anything like that. I, I want to make that clear here. But it does point out that numerically there were 14.7 million mail-in ballots that um, were unaccounted for. The report, and you, you, you talk about this in this article, Fred, you, you take a look at Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin. And there were some real issues being raised about the mail-in voting in there, those three states. What did the report find, Fred? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, with, well, within uh, Wisconsin specifically, or yeah, or or any of the states. I mean, what what was the general theme that they found in those three states, Fred? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, uh, one 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 state it really got into more uh, was actually uh, 
um, Nevada, uh, which was actually pretty close, uh, and, and I can uh, mention that to you. Um, there's scenario in Nevada, uh, Biden carried the state by 33,596 votes, um, but Clark County alone, and that's what put Biden over the top of Nevada, uh, Clark County alone uh, disregarded 93,279 ballots. So, so that is something that um, does kind of raise a red flag there. Arizona, which is one of the uh, closest the, mm-hmm. of the three that I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Arizona uh, Biden carried Arizona by just 10,457 votes. Uh, most of that was came out of Maricopa County. Uh, Maricopa County, and that's been in the news for many reasons lately, but uh, Maricopa County reported a sent ballots uh, to about 100 and 10,000 uh, people in the, there were to outdated or wrong addresses. So um, this is, I mean, this, this raises questions. And, and I said during the, uh, during the post-election that um, we, we didn't have enough evidence to say w- with any certainty that it was a stolen election or a fraudulent election. But I did say that it did seem very likely based on what we did know, even back in December, uh, late November, early December, that uh, going in in the years to come, we will find out a lot of things about the 2020 election that will be somewhat jarring. Yeah, and and Mr. Adams points out he raises real concerns about this efforts in both the House and the Senate in, in pushing for the People Act because he has real concerns about mail-in voting and that we need to be very careful about it. Is that right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, uh, HR one uh, in the House, H or S one in the Senate. That's called the one because it's the Democrats' first priority. But that that is a bill that would just make a mail-in balloting universal, uh, would virtually replace in-person voting uh, under this law. But uh, moreover, I I think um, it, with, given the vulnerabilities of mail-in voting, you would add to that HR one would eliminate. Uh, most state voter ID laws, uh, it would expand ballot harvesting. It would, uh, and, and in the midst of this, for, for, for you to have a certain level of chaos, if it would put in place um, same-day registration, voter registration, and restrict states' abilities to maintain their voter roll. On our newsmaker line, that's Fred Lucas. He's a uh, national chief national correspondent, I should say, with the Daily Signal, taking a look at this new survey, showing that as many as 15 million votes by mail may have not been properly counted during the 2020 election. Pretty interesting. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Try day trading, taking center stage today on the Rod Arquette Show, and to talk about it is Alema Harrington. Alema we mentioned you've got some new courses at yes. Try Day Trading. A lot of interest in Bitcoin and crypto. Mm-hmm. What exactly are they doing? Well, crypto is one of those things, I think, for many of us that we we hear about yeah, it yeah. and we think, okay, I, I know that that's out there, but I don't know anything about it. So the beautiful thing that Try Day Trading is doing now is you get involved and with the program and they have new courses now that are specifically um, scaled for the cryptocurrency marketplace because that's another um, commodity that that is tradable 
uh, part of the currency that's tradable. So you learn more about that and how to get involved in that. And people are hearing, okay, crypto is crashing right now. It's actually making a comeback. Those are all things that are positive for people that are day trading because you're looking at that volatility and an opportunity to make a short-term you know, interest within the day, get in and get out in the same day. That's what day trading is, right? And crypto is great for that. You have been working with Try Day Trading for a number of years now, mm-hmm. Alema. Um, not only the crypto courses, but their basic courses yeah. are really great, aren't they? It's a beautiful thing because if you're looking to make some extra money, and it doesn't have to be replacing your current job, you might be looking to supplement your current income. You can do that on your own time. And one of the great things, and you and I have talked about this before, is the fact that they let you do this trading with their money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're trading using their money and keeping the majority of the profits. It seems like, man, that's a great deal. And it is. And that's part of the reason why I got involved, because the risk level was so low and the benefits were so high. So I just encourage people, if you have questions, go to TridayTrading.com and and get some of those questions answered. Then join us for a webinar. It's a great opportunity. If you like working from home on your own time Mm -hmm. and making money using somebody else's money, not a bad (laughs) idea, is it? Check it out today. So check it out today and take advantage of this great offer. Go to Built.com, say Rod, and you get 10% off your first order. Last few minutes of the Rod Arcantio with you on this uh, Tuesday here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS Listening. You know, I forgot to mention this. Tomorrow, Utah Senator Mike Lee will be joining us. Mike will be with us, from what I understand, for the full hour tomorrow in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll certainly talk about Afghanistan. We'll talk about what's going on um, uh, in, in Congress, especially with all these crazy spending bills that are taking place. Uh, so uh, and I I believe Mike uh, will will have a chance to open up the phones and let you ask Mike whatever question you may have on your mind about what's going on in Washington. So that's coming up tomorrow at five o'clock. This is definitely something the uh, travel industry did not want to hear. And this is kind of a I'm not sure how long this is going to last. But the uh, governor of Hawaii uh, asked on Monday that visitors and residents reduce travel to the islands to essential business only while the state struggles to control the COVID-19 and the highly contagious Delta variant. That's to Hawaii. So not sure if you're planning a trip to Hawaii, but the governor of that state is asking that. The governor wants to curtail travel to Hawaii through the end of October. He said it is a risky time to be traveling right now. He said restaurant capacity has been restricted and there's limited access to rental cars. Last time we were in Hawaii, my wife and I, Took a trip over there in April, and they had quite a few restrictions back then. Um, we tried to upgrade our vehicle, and I remember the uh, the place where we rented our car from said, "Good luck." They were backed up for five months on 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 uh, car rentals there in Hawaii, and it was pretty amazing. But uh, not good news for the travel industry. Basically, Hawaii trying to shut down for at least through October there, and. Uh, yeah, Larry, well, Larry Gelwigs with the uh, Travel Show and Columbus Travel uh, will probably have a thing or two to say about that coming up on Saturday when their show airs 11 to 1. A couple other notes. Uh, Walmart, they, you know, they continue to expand. Uh, Walmart announced today that they are going to start delivering goods for other companies. That's right, goods for other companies. 
a bet that its uh, logistic prowess will let the world's largest retailer broaden its business. The new service is being called Walmart Go Local, will offer merchants ranging from local bakeries to national auto supply store deliveries across the U.S. at what the company calls competitive pricing. The retailer already has some contracts with clients. Uh, the delivery service um, is uh, Chief Executive Officer Doug McMillan's latest move to diversify Walmart's revenue away from its core operations and intense competition with Amazon. So what Walmart is going to do is they'll be going to a local business and saying, can we provide you delivery services? Your company may not be big enough to provide delivery service to your customers. We'll take care of that for a fee. Of course, always a fee, right? But that's what Walmart is going to be doing. I'm impressed with Walmart. I mean, they have an ama- they're an amazing American success story. And I've always found that fascinating. By the way, you know, we've talked about the uh, population around the country. Utah was the fastest growing state, according to the latest census. But did you ever think about what is the fastest shrinking city in America? Have you ever thought about what, you know, what city lost percentage-wise the largest share of its population? Are you ready for this one? Many cities losing people because of local opportunity, economic opportunity, right? The fastest shrinking city in the last decade, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. (laughs) Right, it's southeast of Little Rock. I've never been to either place. Never been. I think I drove through Arkansas once. Um, But Pine Bluff, Arkansas, its population dropped twelve point five percent between twenty ten and twenty twenty. The population is now forty one thousand two hundred and fifty, down from forty nine thousand. Back in 2010. I mean, it's pretty amazing. 12.5%. Why Pine Bluff, Arkansas? Nobody knows. Other shrinking cities are in West Virginia, including Charleston. Uh, A number of cities in West Virginia. No future economic opportunity there, right? All right, that does it for us tonight. Head up, shoulders back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.